0: Ducks don't get cold feet, number 45, and I am so excited to be with, I'm going to say the legend, Matt Hall, Red Bull Stunt Plane World Champion, is how I first uh, got introduced to you, and before he talks, I want to talk about how we met. We were at the bend, I was going for a Red Bull Stunt Plane flight get into a, you know, and in between this there was someone I'd been watching the air race because I do like it and I'd noticed that this bloke was Australian, so I got more excited, Matt Hall, blah, blah, blah. We get to the track and up and about to go in the air and you go, oh, yeah, how are you? what's your name, JP? Oh, yeah, I'm Matt. And I'm, I'm in the air and I'm like, Matt, Matt Hall? And he said, yep, I'm Matt Hall. This is Matt Hall racing. And I was like, like, Matt Hall, like you're, you're, leading the world championship, he goes, yep, Matt Hall, and I was like, mind blown that I was sitting in there, and you went on to win, I think in Japan, you went then and won the, the world championship for the Red Bull stunt plane, yeah. and yeah, it was a bit of a fanboy moment, and <laughs> now we are here today, and credit to you, Matt, thanks for coming on, you've got such a busy schedule in Adelaide, welcome to sunny Adelaide. Thanks, mate. Thanks for uh, having me here in sunny Adelaide. So we talk about things for Red Bull for air for flying, and I talk about things all the time. And the you guys haven't been racing for I think two thousand and nineteen. Two thousand nineteen is the last time we had the Red Bull Air Race, which is uh, sad, but also means that
1: I'm still the reigning world champion. So, (laughs) so in that regard, it's like hey, it's it's getting easier to win world championships. I tell you.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I mean. Is there any? Do you have any inside information on why why that stopped? Uh, it was a great event to watch. It was a good spectacle to watch. I remember going to Perth on the Perth River there. I think someone put it into the water. Yeah, yeah. One of the blokes put it into the water yeah. there as well, so yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it got a lot of people around, lots of families around, and it was. A, I think it was a great event. Uh, I always said it would be perfect around Sydney Harbour, Opera House, Bridge, Circles are over the Sydney, Sydney Harbour Bridge. It's was a no-brainer, yeah. but but money, I'm assuming?
1: Well, yeah, that and risk. So, um, you know, the, um, Mr. Mattashitz, who passed away about 12 months ago, he, he's a, he was a big uh, supporter of aviation, loves aviation. And um, and so it built up, really, it started off as a marketing exercise of just, hey, look at this, Red Bull, Red Bull. And then it ended <coughs> up uh, becoming its own entity. Um, so that's why they actually separated it as its own business, Red Bull, GmbH. So it became its own entity, um, sponsored by Red Bull yep. uh, as Red Bull Air Race. Um, but the, the problem was that they couldn't make money out of it. So they were, they were burning a lot of money, like amazing product. Um, you know, it was the third most popular motorsport in Europe. It was it was wow. going big, big places. Um, but they, they were losing a lot of money on it, getting a lot of marketing from it, but losing a lot of money. And the reason they were losing money is because uh, they were the owner and the main sponsor. And you can't make money or something if you're the primary sponsor and own it as well.
0: Absolutely. So um,
1: <clears throat> so what what their objective ended up being was to sell it and then put a team in it. So sell it to a, an independent company who could then go out and get their own sponsorship for it and call it whatever they want, yeah, yep. em- Emirati's uh, Air Race or whatever they wanted to call it. You yeah, uh, yeah, the, the Drake Air Race. Um, so looking at that sort of stuff, you'd be fine with uh, putting that amount of money in. Yeah, and then, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, in the end, they, uh, they sold at the end of 2019 and the timing was impeccable that you sell it to a new company, they never raced again because of uh, COVID. So it lost its momentum. Yeah. So now to
0: start that ball rolling again has been incredibly difficult. Let's quick... I, I, we we can't go back, but let's talk about starting it again. Now doing a bit of research, notice that they are trying to start something again. What what actually is it they're trying to start? And and looking on the website, it, it looks something to do with AR, something to do with um, you, you're flying over um, an augmented reality place. I thought this was all done. Like I, I use, I'm a big fan of my Oculus. Um, I tell everyone here I work out on Oculus. I, I'm, I'm right into it. But... You're telling me you actually took off in your plane and, and replicated a run. Is that – what's it called and yeah. and what are you doing? Yeah,
1: so that's Air Race X. So the reason that came about was <coughs> last year um, we were supposed to start racing again and it fell over again. And uh, there were three of the pilots, myself, uh, Yoshi, and Pete McLeod from Canada. We all, The three of us got together and went, we've got to take control of this because everyone else is coming in thinking they can run it, but they don't run it and they, and yep. they fail. So we decided we needed to do something – cheaply to start with so you know keep the budget down so we can at least get out there and race so the three of us started working on a concept we invited five other race pilots in and uh, as you say uh, the result was uh, we all raced in our own countries we we raced the same track over uh, over the ground which was in our own places so we didn't have to ship planes or ship teams and then the data was collected on telemetry and then the data was overlaid uh, in uh, in a city in japan in tokyo so um so it's not exactly how I want to be racing, but at least we got something started to try and get the energy levels back so that hopefully then some sponsors come along and go, oh, <coughs> you guys are actually <coughs> making it work. What about if we threw some money in and brought you all to the same location again and we've proved that we can race? It's now just a matter of getting us to the same location next uh, time. I
0: mean, what's it called, RaceX? Air race, air race, Elon yep. Musk. If you're listening to this, which I'm sure he, <laughs> he is, yeah. it's the perfect well, thing. He rang me just the other day, yeah. So yeah, so it's the perfect <laughs> thing to to roll out. But I mm-hmm. guess you look at that, and I I think okay, it is. You're actually you know in your plane, and you're replicating the course. Not as cool as having things stick up where you could potentially die. Yeah, exactly. Could still f- potentially die in this one as well because it's the the augmented
1: reality is still real for us in uh, when, we're, <laughs> when we're recording it. So, uh, so but I totally agree. You know, it's um we, we didn't invite any spectators to watch yeah. us race because yeah. it doesn't make sense because you got a plane just flying around nothing in space. Um, so there's still a desire to go into everyone together around pylons and and doing that stuff. But um, it's a starting point.
0: Yeah, I and I, one of the things I, I look at the with people that put their life at risk for doing dangerous things, Formula One drivers, you know your air race team. I'm assuming you guys were pretty tight, and the camaraderie between all of you, I mean, you're all a bit crazy. Let's face it, you're all at any time can die. Yep. Um, and I know you don't think that when you're flying. Hope you're not thinking that tomorrow when we're in the air. But you know, <coughs> you know, you, you you have that bond. Do you, you find you, you don't have that bond when you're doing stuff over the internet?
1: No, and it was something that was missing um, because, you know, the air race days were amazing that, uh, yes, we were competitors, but we had the utmost respect for each other. And, and I think it's that elite level when, you know, when you're competing at a not elite level, like a not a championship level, everyone ends up being not liking each other and warring and everything. But when you're at the elite level, you have ultimate respect for the other player for getting there as well. So you end up, you compete fiercely, but your best mates before and after the race. And to travel around the world, you know, you leave Budapest, you go home and then three weeks later you you meet up in Chiba, Japan, and hey, there's your best mates again. Have a couple of beers. A few days later you get out and race and then have some more beers afterwards. Uh, It was a great... um, Camaraderie, great in bonding environment. If anything it went wrong, you know I had something go wrong in air race. Everyone <coughs> rallied around to uh, protect us, um, and that was missing in this uh, virtual thing. We we got online and talked on Zoom and everything, but uh, it's, yeah, not it's not the same. Yeah, uh,
0: it's not the same. And I, I just love how you're trying to get back into it. Uh, I, I think it's an amazing, uh, amazing that you are. I had a, I went out to dinner with Kirby, someone, Kirby Shambliss? Yeah, and he he had a massive scar. Uh, <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, when he hit the water, um, yeah, yeah.
0: I was like, yeah. So he talked to me about, oh yeah, he hit the water, and I was like, oh my god, I can't quite remember the story. Do you know that yeah, story? Yeah, he
1: was doing he was doing a low level roll in China, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, was in a, Yeah, and then uh, his his aileron locked out. That's it. And he hit the water and tumbled, and they thought he was. They thought he was dead. They got to him and he was unconscious in the aircraft, and they uh, they dragged him out and raised um, his head back up
0: and kept racing and keeps racing. What a what a champion. Like seriously, he was such a nice guy. I was like, oh, this guy's pretty good. There's another guy had a big moustache, tall German guy. Yeah, that was Peter so That's he's him. Hungarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's the godfather of the Air race. He's yeah. the guy that started. It I knew up. I was hanging around the right people. That was that, you know how I got that ticket? My mate put together the stage and the the um the the the, the, the course. Oh right, Avrian Perth. Yeah, and he said, mate, I got an extra ticket and I flew over there and I well that's how I got in. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, and, I met, and ended up hanging out with all these places. Yeah. Oh, my love for Red Bull. Lives on. I absolutely love Red Bull. I'm a bit of a fan. Best marketing business probably on the planet. It's amazing.
1: They're, they're actually a marketing business that happens to sell drinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a few. That's
0: it. Keep the range small. Like I was thinking, why isn't there Red Bull muesli bars? Oh perfect idea like come on but they stick to your niche um you mentioned uh your owner just recently passed away he's a mad aviation um person yep i'm assuming now did you ever get to go um, uh, you did you go to the hangar yeah Uh, yeah spent quite a bit of time what's it called Uh, hangar seven hangar seven now now do you have a burger named after you uh, no, I don't. Oh my I should god, have, I Matt. Should have Actually, push for that. You, you shut up. Yeah. You're a world
1: champion. Oh, yeah, I should actually. Yeah, I'll write. I'll write to them and say, Absol- "Hey, uh, I'll write to them." Yeah, in my um, in the restaurant, I need a burger named after. Absolutely. Me. Yeah, because you've been there. I'm assuming I have not been oh, there. You, you've got to go there. Yeah, it's, it's on my list.
0: Amazing. So, is, uh, F1 Monaco Red Bull. If you're listening, that that ticket would be great. For I'll, me. I'll take him over when you. <clears> you thank you, Thank you very much. And the other thing, I, I, I just think Checo about to get ditched, so Daniel's going to take Checo's seat, and that means Red Bull are looking for an F1 media person. That's me. Anyway, <laughs> enough about me. <coughs> what, what, what burger would would be Matt Hall? You'd have to say the uh, the Hornet Burger. <laughs> Oh my god! You were so quick to say that because you've logged over fifteen hundred hours in an FA seventeen, F eighteen, F eighteen Hornet. Yep. yep, yeah, like
1: yeah. I think I was I was about fifty hours short of two thousand in the end when I yeah, when I hung up the Spurs on that one. So. Wow, yep.
0: that's a uh, that's a lot of hours of flying. How many hours have you flown? To, like, collectively? Total.
1: It's uh, it's not as many as most people think. It's about 8,000. Um, yeah, so, 8,000. Yeah, but uh, most gliders, of my-
0: ultraliders, hang yep. gliders? Helicopters. Hang gliders. Come on, mate. Uh, I've,
1: Come on. I've, I've, I'm licensing everything apart from hot air balloons, so, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's
0: not a bad thing anyway. Yeah, you have to get up too early in the morning. I yeah, I
1: know. Why would you want to do that? Yeah, although you can have champagne in them, though. So <laughs>
0: <it's>, uh, <laughs> I can't really
1: drink in the other ones. <laughs>
0: Oh, that is the best—the Hornet Burger. Um, I—I I don't want to half on it, but what would it be? Chicken, beef, all of the above? Would it It'd be? be all of the above and hot and spicy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh you're my man, love it. Um, when you talk about flying, I'll—I flew. I got my Gfpt. All oh, right. Yeah. I never got my PPL. Yeah. I'd I don't know what – I did 100 – clocked 100 hours. All right. And I was doing solo flights and and I took my wife up for a spin one day in the Queensland, perfect conditions. Landed, she goes, I've never gone on that plane again. I was like, oh, fuck. So I quit. I was like (laughs) – it was perfect conditions. I was good at the flying part, the – the comms and all that get a bit lost sometimes, like you know, passing through, you know, two thousand five hundred. Yeah. Anyway, it's a new language. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I thought when I was flying, it felt like I was maybe meditating a bit. Well, that's the reason I love flying. Is that um,
1: flying is one of those things that you have to be engaged in it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, absolutely. If, you can't just tu- you can't turn off at any moment of time. In fact, if if I sometimes I'm on a long boring flight with an autopilot. Yeah. I've tried to read a book and I can't. I'll, I'll read three <laughs> words and I'm like, "What's going on around here?" So don't try and read a book when you're in a plane. Um, so, um, so what it means? It's immersive, and it's like similar to when you're in your racing car. Yeah. The rest of the world disappears. It's just you, and there's not a single other thought apart from what you're doing right now. And it just, it's ex-
0: it's extremely relaxing because it is so immersive. That's exactly how I explain it. I, I think you got a car. You go forward, back you may go left and right in a plane. You go forward, back, left, right, up, down. You, you know, it's the whole sphere moving through yep. the planet. And you, the, you need to be very aware of what's going on. Calls come through, half of them are scratchy and you're like, hang on, what was, hang on, where is that? And you're, you're looking out and it, it is with me with racing. I, as soon as I'm, I've called the joker. Like, I don't know. I think I made that up myself, but I'm pretty, it's pretty good for me to be honest. And, I can run amok, have fun, fun, fun. But as soon as I shut my visor, that is my go time. Like it's like, and it won't shut until I literally do a burnout as you're going out into the track. Like it's like, okay, I'm on. Yep. And that's what flying was like to me. And I, I used to say to Dad because Dad, my old man flew as right. well. There you go. And when we talk about, you know, you, your whole family has flown. Yeah. Yeah. Granddad. Yeah. Granddad, granddad. Dad. And you. Yep. It's it's something about it, right?
1: I You're not normal. Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm not sure if it comes down to um, you know there's something that gets passed on through genes. It's hard to believe that you would after three generations, but definitely having Im- immersion in it from a young age. You know, so I, I grew up on, on my dad's lap flying in planes when you didn't really have to sit with a seat belt <laughs> on the kid. <laughs> so, so I, I grew up going up and down in planes all, all day every day. I used to ride in the in the hopper, which is the um, the the uh, the chemical uh, tank of a crop duster yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. going up and down with my dad with no windows or anything. I'd just be hanging on inside the fuselage, hanging onto some poles going up and down. The only way I could see out there was a, there was a, there was a crack in the floor and I could look down and see the, see the trees below us. That's how I could see where we were. Um, so that's, I grew up doing that and uh, it's, you know, it was a natural thing for me to fly, more natural than driving a car in fact. Okay. You know, I could fly planes before I could drive a car. Wow. I had to get a, I had to get a <clears> lift <throat> to the airport so I could take people flying.
0: Wow let's uh, see that uh, it, it sounds amazing are you were were you in new south wales you were brought up in new south wales i'm assuming? new south wales yeah just did
1: near, near newcastle on a um, on a small farm uh, yeah. on the western lake Macquarie. and uh, yeah so i i learned to glide when i was yeah you know, started my gliding lessons formally when i was 14 went solo when i was 15 and then started flying ultralights at 16 and then powered aircraft and so I used to con people into driving me to the airport. I'd say do you want to come for a And they'd be like yeah okay I'd say well you've got to pick me up and, and drive me to the airport because I can't get there <laughs> so they'd drive me to the airport then I'd take them flying that made them a little bit nervous.
0: Oh, absolutely I, I love the fact that uh, that's what that's exactly what happened I, I got a mate that he there's they're not Swedish so they're like they're Norwegian maybe and and they they do paragliding, so I think they're they're a bit crazy too, right? Is that that's the, on the craziest that's side. That's the one where you have the, the, you can have a prop at the back of it. And he was telling me his first experience. He'd seen his dad do it a million times. He stole his dad's stuff and went up on the hill had at a eight crack. at eight years old and <laughs> had a crack. And then came back because he couldn't. He landed somewhere, came back with all this shit everywhere, and said, "Oh, dad, we got to go pick up the rest of it." And the dad didn't even know he was out. And that, <clears throat> I went, who the fuck does that?
1: Yeah, different, isn't it? It's like, like uh, you, you think of a, a kid stealing a car. No, he stole a parachute yeah. and jumped off a cliff.
0: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's it. That's it. it I, I, I was like, and they are a bit crazy. Like, they, you drive a car with them faster. Oh, you, you're mad. And I'm like, I'm mad. Like, you, you guys jump out of stuff, rock climb, you know, in nature, not thinking it's mad, but put an engine on it, and all of a sudden you're crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah so if you if you looked at um, you're, you're in the Air Force um, yep. was your your dad or your grandfather as Granddad well? was in the Air Force so yeah
1: he was in the Air Force in World War two but he did not continue with a career in the Air Force after after that didn't even continue with flying actually so he gave up flying because it was a you know, bit expensive yeah. uh, for someone just uh, straight out of the Air Force um, but my dad was motivated by all yeah, his dad's stories, and uh, my dad joined the air cadets and started flying w- with a scholarship. But he didn't join the air force. He stayed as a as just a civil pilot, and, okay. uh, Enjoying enjoying weekend flying, and uh, was an en- electrical engineer.
0: Okay, so when you, you you actually were in Iraq, I believe. Yep, that's yeah? correct. Yeah. So, uh, what's a USAF medal? Uh, Now, this is for heroinism. Now, it sounds like a drug. (laughs) Heroism, yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) So, uh, the USAF, that's the United States Air Force. So, I was on a uh, three year exchange. So, uh, basically, I'd done flying our fighters and our F 18s. I'd been on our top gun school and been an instructor on that. And then, as a reward for all of what I've been doing in Australia, I was sent to America to fly for three years and um, I was flying the F-15E Strike Eagle, which is a a bigger, more capable aircraft than our aircraft. And uh, it happened to be while I was over there, uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom, the second Gulf War, kicked off and I was taken over as still an Australian officer. So I was still Australian, wearing Australian rank, employed by the Australian government, embedded in a United States Air Force um, squadron in the Middle East doing combat operations in Operation Iraqi Freedom. So... Uh, through a number of those missions, I was awarded some medals for, um, um, for heroism under fire for, um, for sticking around in a bad situation and helping out some Marines on the ground. Oh,
0: fuck. You're a fucking top gun. You are a top gun. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tom Cruise comes to me for advice. <laughs> 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 no, like you. So, so I, I that is amazing. So you, what do you mean sticking around? Like, can, can you explain this stuff? Or, oh, it sounds yeah, yeah. exciting to me, but no, so would have it, been. Were you scared?
1: Not at the time. No, you don't get you don't get scared while you're executing. It's it's like anything in life. Um, you get scared while you're waiting. You get nervous and apprehensive yeah. while waiting. But once you're actually executing, you don't get scared because you're so busy just doing the right thing. And you know, so there was, there was missiles and AAA getting shot up at me while I was defending against get that. Fucked.
0: Are you serious? Yeah,
1: yeah. So dodging, dodging. AAA and, uh, and rounds and missiles while dropping weapons. In fact, I ran out of, we ran out of weapons while supporting them, so uh, I then hightailed it back to home base, which is about an hour's flight away, raced back there. In the, This is now 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Got out of a plane that was out of weapons, walked across the tarmac, jumped in another aeroplane, flew supersonic back up there and finished the job. Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> <coughs> like... That's just unbelievable. You know what? That's fucking bowler. Yeah, it like, was supersonic. Now, what is supersonic? That's two, wh- about a thousand kilometres, thousand kilometres an hour. Kilometers an hour. Yeah, yeah. So when you see, look, let's just unpack that a bit. So how do you when something's being shot? You're in the air. Yep. Pretty high. Oh, or, probably not about
1: 15,000 feet. And then
0: you come down to like a level of seeing. Like, no, you so seeing we, we did all of our deliveries from high altitude. So I was,
1: I was, I'd be rolling from 20,000 <laughs> and then deliver at about twelve or 13,000 then back up again. So AAA will go to about you know, 12,000, 13,000, 14,000 feet. Uh, missiles will go, depends on the missile, but up to 60,000 for the big ones. Uh,
0: so be, you're always under fire. Can you see it coming? At, what is there? Some radar, yeah. So uh,
1: we have radar warning receivers, it'll tell you when you're being lit up. There's some will light you up, some won't. Uh, I was flying, did a lot of ops at night time, so we had night vision goggles on. And you can see the missiles and the AAA at night time. So it made it a lot safer, actually, flying <sighs> at night time because you can actually see the AAA... You, you see, you know, footage on it, like, from... yeah, uh, you know, oh, Top see, Where you see it, like... It's like a, a hose waving when they're just waving the uh, the AAA around. And the same with missiles. You know, very bright hot spots shooting across. And you can see, as you do this, and the missile changes direction with you, and you go, oh, that that one's on me. So that's how you, you can test to see if missile's engaging you because you start manoeuvring, and if it manoeuvres with you, if you're both... If you and your wingman do that, and the missile does that, you're like guess who it's on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: you go turn, and then if it does that, you're like sucker, or you <laughs> go damn it. <laughs> so, I, like in Top Gun, they I'm going to use Top Gun because this fucking what it sounds like they they set something off. Um, is that real? That's real. So
1: we put out yeah. chaff and flares to uh, to distract the uh, the missile. So uh, both have their unique purpose. So um, chaff is designed to be a radar reflective material. So hopefully if you're being targeted by a radar-guided missile, it'll see the chaff and bite off in the chaff thinking that's an aircraft. And bang. And and, and then it'll go through the chaff and, and explode because it thinks it's an Hot. aircraft. Is, yeah. is it heat? And, no, it's just reflective material. So it's, it's short bits of metal, and you're basically just putting tinsel out in the air that looks like an aircraft is a big radar... Uh, section and then the flares they're the hot ones so they're to disguise the heat of the aircraft jets to uh to get it to um the missile heat-seeking
0: missile yeah so that heat-seeking missile it looks like you can't get away from that oh you
1: can you just you just got to be smarter than them so uh it, it, so i got shot at a reasonable amount in fact i had one that came very close to me that i was i, I had to defend aggressively against and i i beat the missile the missile overshot me and went that way somewhere and Hurt someone else when it landed, <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, I end up uh, getting yeah, targeted quite aggressively by a very capable weapon system, uh, and I had to defend. It ended up being <clears throat> me versus the missile, and I beat the missile.
0: Fucking, don't worry about AI. We just send you in, yeah. Because well, we can overcome the computer programming. So, did this is all ground to air. Yep. Did you have any air to air battle? No, we didn't.
1: Uh, we thought we were going to. Uh, in fact, so I was on the uh, the first mission, so the shock and awe mission, and uh, I my, my squadron commander drove me home. Yeah, you know, we we briefed it the night before, and then we drove home and got some sleep that night, and then got up yeah you know, two o'clock in the morning to to go and do the dawn strike. And uh, as he dropped me off at our t- we're actually staying in tents. As he dropped me off, he said, he said. Uh, I wonder if anyone will bag a MiG tomorrow and so because we're expecting MiGs to get airborne airborne and uh, and that we're going to have to start shooting. Um, But as it turned out in the second Gulf War, not a single enemy aircraft launched. Uh, They all went, there's no way we're we're getting involved in that because we were were a big force. Uh, There was one point where I was committed against... a potential aircraft that was about to take off. So they got indications that there was a MIG about 100 miles north of me that was uh, has started its engines and was uh, taxiing to take off. So uh, the best way to kill an aircraft is to get it before it's capable and they're not <laughs> capable when they're on the ground. So uh, it was like, hey, there's a MIG starting and they gave me a commit and it was like just stop what you're doing now which we're dropping bombs it's multi-role fighter so it's like commit boom and it's like turn light the burners start your supersonic start climbing go and kill that aircraft so it was like we're off and it's like and that was adrenaline it's like boom we're going we're going to shoot down plane. yeah it's like and if you can get there before it takes off you're not under threat as soon as he's airborne it's now match up
0: wow that's amazing um it's, that, I mean, that's what happens, right? Exactly, that, and that's that's <laughs> combat. That's why that, you sign on the dotted
1: line. That's where that's that's what
0: you're signing up to do. Did you feel like you got into you're flying a lot? So you're, I'm assuming you're flying before you're meant to. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as it all, you know, it, it happens with everything. I, I, you look at kids at today that, you know, if they want to be Formula One stars. If they're at ten, they've probably missed the boat. Right? Yeah, they need uh, to be
1: driving carts at five. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, and they've probably been driving them at two. Uh, yeah, and I think with with that, what did you think you were always going to get into the air force or or not?
1: No, I was actually, it was a late decision for me to join the air force because um, you know, I was talked out of joining the air force by. Almost everybody, because uh, yeah, the whole officer and a gentleman thing, yeah. not me. So they're like, yeah, you're not going to suit being in the air force at all. Officer and gentleman thing is lacking. Um, and then I was also told, that, you know, it's a big commitment. You got return of service, lots of marching and saluting, and I just wasn't into that. Yeah. And so I was, I thought, oh, I'll be a an airline pilot, but I started struggling to figure out how I was going to pay for that, because it's expensive to go and get your yep, commercial. So yep, I was like, I'm, absolutely. I'm not going to be able to do this. So I actually started thinking in, in my late teens, I'm not going to be able to be a pilot. And it was quite devastating to me. And then uh, I met uh, a World War II Spitfire pilot, and he wow. said to me, I'd give anything to be in your shoes right now so I could have a crack at flying these uh, yes. these supersonic jet fighters. And, and I realised he was saying he wanted what I had, which was the opportunity. And I had the opportunity, and it's what I wanted to do, but I wasn't prepared to commit to it because of other people's opinions.
0: Yeah. So you really. know what?
1: I'd, I'd rather I'd rather fail and find out I couldn't do it than spend the rest of my life wondering if I could have done it. So you know what? I might not be able to do it, but at least I'm going to have a crack. And I had a crack and it worked out.
0: It's like living life without regret.
1: Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so there's so many people that I talk to that go, oh, I wish I had of," And you're like, Yeah, so you should never live your life going, I wish I had it. As long as it's morally correct, (laughs) say yes to everything.
0: (laughs) It's so true. I I mean, life's full of two journeys. Number one is finding something that makes you happy and, and, and enjoy. And number two is actually doing it. Exactly. And the majority of the world never gets that.
1: Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's because, and I talk about this a lot, it's because people get concerned about other people pointing their finger at you going, told you you couldn't do it. But you know what? I'd rather put up with five minutes of people saying, I told you you couldn't do it than spending the rest of my life wondering, I wonder if I could have done it.
0: Oh, such a, oh that, that is definitely such a powerful lesson because I say it all the time, even to people in in Drake's so like we have lots of people come to us of first jobs and you know, they go on to be lawyers and accountants, surgeons, and you, you get people that are just miserable and say, look, I'm not forcing you to come to work. If you don't want to be here, don't come. I'm exactly uh, the same with my staff. I tell them, if you get a better
1: <coughs> job offer, I'll fire you if you don't take it.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. that's. I mean, it's it's a similar thing, a little bit different. My people aren't flying around in there. Well, they might be. Well, some of them are. Poor Joe. My, one of my IT boys went and got his commercial, like literally COVID strikes and he just has finished getting his commercial, done yep. all the Catho Pacific mm-hmm. and literally was like, boom. And he's like, fuck. He still flies though. Got to, his instrument rating the other day. Back to the mail room though. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'd love it if Joe's listening but because if poor Joe but he he's gone and got his instrument licence since and he's like oh hopefully it will change moving forward and I was like it's just interesting to see how it can change because aviation's not uh, it's not for everyone that's for sure
1: yeah it's a it's, it's a passion um, and it has to be because it's it's so unforgiving and it's it is expensive um, and there's a lot of study involved in maintaining your currency in your ratings
0: absolutely so, yeah. so you've Literally flown everything. I've been in a hang glider. Um, was, as a jewel, I, I wasn't on it. I ne- my mate said, let's go paragliding. And I said, fuck that. I saw, he landed, He broke his wrist. He landed in the parklands in Adelaide. He couldn't make it to where he was. I'm like, that sounds like the stupidest slappy, if you're listening. That's the stupidest thing I could ever think someone could do. Jumped out of a plane multiple times by myself. My mates went on and did more jumps by themselves. I was like, oh. But... Uh, flying was, it was cool. Then I went for a flight with you and I was like, that's the best thing you'll ever do in your life. And that was hands down. I'm, I'm trusting, you know what you're doing. So I felt very comfortable. <laughs> like I don't know why I should, but I felt very comfortable. like, okay, that yeah, you're in your, that's your office. And it, it was just an amazing feeling. I, I, tell, I tell everyone the story because it's amazing. And there was a chance now we've got, I think Red Bull have given Drakes a few tickets. We're giving one to actually a fan. And I said to dad, you've got to do it. My old man's 74. And he's like, oh, you know, and and dad's a, mate, he is a thrill seeker. Like, you know, he's probably got zero points on his license. He's driving like a test. So like, he's always led for, and I'm like, dad, it runs in the family. He blames me, but it's his fault. And I said, you've got to do it and he goes what you'll be like and i said he'll go as hard as you think but you it it's my it 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 cha- changes your mind yeah. about what a plane can do for a start
1: yeah well, what we're doing out there is it my my motivation when i'm taking people flying is to have them land and go that's the best thing i've ever done whether they're 90 years old or whether they're 15 years old is for them to land and go i get it uh, I don't want to scare them. I don't want to make them sick, um, but I'll take you as far as you want to go. So everywhere from, you know, gentle, graceful aerobatics where you're looking at the world in a whole u- unique level or pushing yourself to yeah. you know, high G levels where you know, we're, we're on the boundaries of consciousness yeah. uh, while doing it. And so it, it's, it's like a choose your own adventure and push yourself as hard as you dare in an environment that is not normal.
0: Yeah, it's 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 everywhere. It's three sixty, um, full on. So, we're talking about that. Let's. Have you had any close calls? Uh, I've had a few. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> let's let's forget about the air race stuff. Is have you when you're growing? Like, uh, do you want me to tell you about my close call? I will tell everyone. Yeah. So, so, Cessna one seven two coming into land, Caboolture Airfield, and it was okay. It was a bit of wind around, but was it nothing Ca- on? coming in, to, what is it, downwind? Or, no, not downwind, I was actually landing. Final. Like, yep. final coming in final, and there's a highway just before you get. <clears throat> and just as I got to that, I, I'm, I'm not sure it had never happened before, a full crosswind, I full locked to, to like, the steering wheel, I was full locked. It was very quickly, yep. very sudden. My glasses were fogged up, like, fully fogged up, like, within. I was like, fuck! like, And then got the plane down and landed. That, to me, was fucking close. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And I was like, oh. And then my instructor said a comment one day, uh, Brian Carpenter. Uh, yeah, I know Brian. Do you? Yeah. Oh, he's crazy. And he goes, you know, JP, I'd I'd rather wish I was, um, I'd rather, if I was up there, I'd rather um, wish I was up here. No, what do he say? I'd hey, rather be on the ground wishing I was flying than in the air. Yeah, wishing, wishing I was, I was the down there. And I was like. He's fucking right. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, you know what, mate? And then when I took my wife for a perfect drop flight and she said, nah, I said, well, what's well, po- no point doing it by yourself. Yeah. The whole point is to go places and, you know, well, I picked her up. We went and had lunch somewhere. It was all cool. But, yeah, that was, I had a close, that was to me a bit of a close call. I had a couple of bounces on the <laughs> everyone gets everyone does that? oh yeah. my god bouncing down the runway but i i thought i could fly pretty that's what brian said he goes you can actually you feel i feel connected when i fly yeah um yeah anyway that's yeah. enough about
1: me yeah well i've had a i've had a couple of close calls even even growing up you know i had a you know i've had probably 3 3 engine failures where i've landed an aircraft with the engine stopped um, I've had, yeah, And one of them was an, a, quite a large fire that had also developed. So I landed the plane on fire without an engine. <laughs> yeah, So that was, uh, you know, you're starting to push, you're starting to get towards, you yeah, know, things have to add up correctly to get there. Yeah. Because
0: uh, the, an engine fire being at the front, lots of petrol in the wings exactly. usually. And it, uh, were,
1: yeah, and it was coming. And, and in fact, the reason uh, the engine uh, <laughs> failed was because a fuel line broke. So now I've got...
0: Oh, so the fuel's now all over the engine, And it
1: actually came into the cabin with me. So I had fuel pooling in, in, the, cabin, in the cabin with me while it was on fire just the other side of the firewall. So if that had it breached, it was like all over. So th- there's been a few cases like this. I shouldn't really be saying this because Tracy's going to fly with me um, oh, back, to, is she?
0: back home. She's,
1: she's already sitting there going, why? why are you telling me this? So just keep, keep that to yourself. Um, but um, in the Air Force had quite an, a number of... Close calls, which is going to happen in the military as well, and then with racing, I had a a reasonably famous close call as well. But uh, yeah, that sounds exciting. What's a famous close call? So I I crashed in the air race. Uh, Well, you wouldn't. I don't know whether to call it crash because I. I skimmed the water.
0: Oh yeah, and yeah, then okay. flew away. Yeah, yeah, flew away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just a
1: bit of a touch and, yeah. Going, yeah. Touch and go. Yeah, Type through wash. You know, left part of the plane in the river. But uh, oh,
0: what a wheel came off! I thought. Uh it.
1: wheel pant came off. So I left that in the river. It's <laughs> probably still sitting in Detroit River somewhere.
0: When you when you think of like, it's very precision. And one thing that you know from going from the 172 so Cessna flew to your like you 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 move the joystick like. It's a millimetre. Yeah, exactly. And boom, your quarter, boom, boom. And I was like, wow, that's so responsive. And you said, oh, this is the slow plane. Uh, And then you basically said, um, so there was a two-seater. What plane were we? That was in the
1: extra 300L. Yeah.
0: And then you said, oh, the race planes like compete like a Red Bull Formula One car to a Toyota Yaris. Yep. Yep. And I was like, Wow. Because I'm thinking, I was in the Yaris, being a 172 Cessna, and we were in the F1, and you're like, no, 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 it's it's a totally different ballgame. Yeah. So
1: I call the extra my fat family model. You know, it's got <laughs> it's big and fat, and it's got two seats, whereas the race blades the uh, yeah the, the thoroughbred with uh, one seat in it.
0: <laughs> That's yeah. the Batman yep. version.
1: Yep, exactly. Yeah, so it's um it, it's um yeah the extra is still yeah you know, the most manoeuvrable. Um, piece of machinery, actually, that carries a passenger. So, you know, we, we can be talking you know, boats, ground vehicles, uh, airborne vehicles. The extra is the most manoeuvrable piece of machinery that carries a passenger. Um, on the planet. On the planet, yes. Yeah, more manoeuvrable than fighters, you know, anything like that. The race plane is twice as much again, and it's, but it's a single seater. And yeah. the race plane is just ridiculous.
0: It hurts. Yeah, it. It's, it, it, it you could easily pass out. Oh,
1: for sure. Easily pass out. Yeah, most people pass out at about 4G without training. Yeah. Uh, we'll take passengers to 8G in the extra, and, and I've been to 14G in my race plane.
0: Wow. Uh, it's amazing. I, I, it's an amazing feeling because you're almost lying down Is that f- as a passenger. <laughs> yeah, so you're getting, you're getting towards there because uh, the reason
1: is uh, you've, you passed out under G because the blood runs out of your head into your legs. But if, you're, if you think about it completely. Isn't that doesn't happen to most of us? Yeah, yeah, that's, well, yeah. No, that's a joke. <laughs> 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 oh, I got
0: a, yeah, it does it? No. Yeah,
1: and when, if you think about it, if you're lying down flat, the blood can't run anywhere because it's, it's yeah. not moving yeah. through your Absolutely. body, so you don't pass out. That's why in astronauts, when they're taking off, they lay backwards so that they don't pass out under the sustained G going up. So that's why in the race, in the planes, we sit laying back a bit yeah. so that there's less vertical for the blood to go down to.
0: Yeah, it's, it's amazing actually. It, it is because I mentioned before this MiG flight. I was sitting upright. And I was like, oh yeah, mate, I can do eight, nine Gs. And I thought I was so cool. And he goes, yeah, all right. And Tasmania takes off, boom. And then just got off, wheels up, and then just banked it up. And I was only three or three and a half G. And I was like, oh, oh I could feel fi- I started going dark. Uh, 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 and I. I pulled out my National Geographic learning and tense your legs, tense your legs. And I just – he goes, you are right. I go, yeah, 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 yeah. And I just held in there. But it felt like I was sitting on a stool at school, like really upright, like yeah. really uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. And your body's got about two to three seconds of natural G tolerance anyway because it takes two to three seconds for the blood to go from <laughs> up here, down, and then your brain to go, that's it, I'm out. <laughs> and so it takes about three seconds. So you can take a lot of G for about three seconds. So it's when you have the sustained G – even at lower G, the blood slowly runs out, and after yeah. maybe you know, four or five seconds, you start to feel the effects of it.
0: So I've watched Top Gun, and they do the opening scene in some experimental plane doing a billion G's. I can't remember what it was a lot. Yeah, is shit like that true? Um, yeah. So on on,
1: uh, on that one, it was like uh, yeah, they were out there flying their. Um, the hypersonic aircraft. Yeah, <laughs> um, there, there, there is stuff like that going on. Yep. Um, you know, it's a. Uh, I'm no longer in the circle that uh, that talks about that sort of stuff, so I don't know where <laughs> things are at. But there's there's definitely some high speed um, flights occurring you know, out and around the place. Uh, when you look at you know, the history, SR seventy one is like you know it's fifty years old. 50 is that the old. one
0: that looks um, like a st- the stealth? It, okay. No, it's the one that's really long ago, the big
1: Ramjet engines. They retired it uh, already 20-odd you know, years ago. But if that was 50 years ago and retired 20 years ago...
0: What was what was around?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I, do you guys all talk about? Oh, yeah, I was doing like triple supersonic. Like, does, is that the sort of shit that you guys talk about not, together with? Not her? really,
1: <laughs> because oh, you you do a little bit, yeah, you because know, everyone has what yeah. You know, all fighter pilots can go supersonic, but you end up going. Well, you know, if someone can really go fast, you talk to a guy that can do Mach three. you're Like, <laughs> you win.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's I, it's uh it's a very aviation's pretty crazy, and look what it's done for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, uh, you know, I I sometimes feel like, you know, if I could take snapshots of some of my life, you know, like through my own eyes, yeah. you know, here's my point of view, where I'm you know, going under a bridge in a race, plane. even just yesterday, I'm flying, <laughs> I'm flying here across Australia in my Red Bull branded plane, and I go, if 10 year old Matt could see through my eyeballs right now, yeah. he'd go, whoa, really, we get to do that? And it is it is quite amazing what aviation has given me for a, for a lifestyle, uh, for a, a career, through friendships, uh, achievements, learning. Uh, it's it's aviation is know, uh, yeah, I, I I can thank aviation for my entire life.
0: What advice have you got for a budding young? I would I would say Joe, my old IT guy, but he's done. What what <laughs> what, what what um advice would you give for a budding? person that wants to get into aviation, uh, like a kid at yep. school, what, what advice can you give them that would, you know, give them a bit of encouragement if you were looking at yourself when you were 16 or even younger saying, you know, just, just the Nike, quote, yeah. just do it or what? what it,
1: it's it? a bit like that. It's, it's just get into it. So it doesn't matter how you get into it and getting into it doesn't even mean going and getting lessons. Getting into it can be as simple as going to the local flying club and hanging out, sweeping floors and washing planes you're getting into it because things will happen from that you know it's it's the commitment of yourself into it that then leads to opportunities i've got people that now work for me full time that were hanging around my airfield as a as a teenager (laughs) and we gave them jobs to do and gave them some pay and then took them flying and now they're in the aviation industry so it's just get into it however you can afford you know if you can afford to fly go flying if you can't afford to fly hang out join the air cadets do things that involve in aviation and good things will come from it
0: it's, it is that, just showing interest. Yeah,
1: yeah, commitment. Yeah, you know, show people that you are committed. You're not – you didn't go to the movies with your $10. You actually went and, you know, bought a, a bus ticket to go to the airport and hang out all day absorbing
0: from the experts. Um, when you look at the planes that you've flown, what's the coolest plane? I'm assuming it's your it's your, it's your Red Bull plane. <coughs> no, was
1: it, it's a home. I get asked that a fair bit, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it all depends on my mood because you know if, <laughs> if I'm in an aggressive mood you know the race plane there's, it's there's nothing in the world like it it's absolutely unique and does spectacular stuff but if I'm in a, a relaxing mood you know um, yeah uh, my my bush plane my supercar, or something like that or you know if i'm in in a, uh, a you know a an adventurous mood is go take a chopper and yeah fly up to the vineyards and 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 jump yeah you know, land in the car park and and go and have lunch you know so <laughs> it, it's hard to to say what's my favourite plane but as far as the uh, the most the one that I that I would jump back into in a heartbeat would probably be the F fifteen yeah. I loved the F fifteen and it's probably that I didn't get to do as much in it as I wanted to even though I went to combat and everything I flew it for three years and I still had more left in me to to do with that aircraft i still have more relationship to build with that aircraft because it's a relationship whereas all the other planes i've ever been with or worked with i've you know i had a mature relationship with and i've done everything with them that i possibly could yeah the the f-15 it was it's kind of like uh you know we
0: we separated
1: before i was finished (laughs)
0: that's so cute with a with when they do flybys what, what, what planes that in, in, in general for like a uh, Bathurst, they, fuck that plane was loud. I was recently there. Yeah.
1: Oh my God. It's almost God. too loud, isn't it? You're like, please oh, go away. Oh
0: my God. Like <laughs> I, I, where I was standing looked like it was a missing the tower by a few meters. Yeah. Now. I know it probably wasn't, but Jesus, it was loud. I had to put. That's one of the first planes I've had to actually put my ears in my 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 fingers in your my ears, ears in your
1: fingers. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> like that was bloody loud. Yeah, what, so that, that
1: was that, that was the F thirty five. So yeah, it was on just after my uh, my last display there on the Sunday. Yeah, and um, yeah, he. Uh, that's got a very, so it's only single engine as well, but it's a big engine and extremely noisy. Like it's. It's, it's one of the biggest engines that's in a fighter. In fact, it could even be the biggest, could being a single-engined single, uh, single uh, engine aircraft. So I've never flown the F-35. Um, yeah, flew the Hornets, which we still have as well. But uh, yeah, that is a noisy plane.
0: Wow. Yeah, You'd hear that coming noisy. from China. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, so My you wouldn't God. call it stealth in uh, audio. It's stealth in both <laughs> visuals and radar. But audio is like, well, I can't see it, but it's here.
0: <laughs> so that's obviously old tech. And you're... Top Gun, they tried to show the difference between the older planes and the newer stuff getting out there. Mm-hmm. Have you been lucky enough to get your your ass into a new sort of jet or No,
1: so the the Hornet on the F15s were the, the generators the, the generations that I flew yep. and then you've got uh, the next generation is F22s and F35. So I didn't fly them. I flew against them in uh, in training. Uh, and they were yeah, you know, just what they could do is Amazing, spectacular! You know, you know when you feel like you're the cool kid on the block.
0: Yeah, box? yeah I, I feel that. And, and then, then an like,
1: F F twenty two pulls up next year, you and you're like, ah, I might as well just check out and go home. Or I'm only in an F fifteen. <laughs>
0: well, they played that a lot because I've went and researched how realistic. Because they really talked up how the Gen five, or I can't remember what they called, mm-hmm. but they, apparently that was a quite. Uh, they 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 probably executed how well that was of how. Yeah big of a difference it is.
1: Exactly. So, you know, you look at the Tomcat's Gen 3 um, and then you see the Tomcat, you know, as like, yeah, old and run down in that movie. The uh, Super Hornet's um, Gen 4, you know, stealth technology, lots of computer systems, uh, you know, a lot of technology. And then Gen 5 is the um, absolute stealth and absolute maneuverability with, you know, vectored thrust, all that sort of stuff, um, which...
0: Vectored thrust. Uh, and, and, and these uh, plans and can that swap is, uh, What is vectored uh, Vectored
1: thrust? thrust is where you take the afterburners and you actually steer the afterburner plume. So, you know, uh, if, if the plan's going that way and the afterburner's going that <coughs> way... Um, rather than just a tail that's moving, you actually have the the afterburner nozzles yeah. move as well and then push the tail around. So you need a jet needs airspeed for the flight control surfaces yep. to work. Yep. So when they get low on airspeed, you move the thrust nozzles and it pushes the tail around rather than having no speed to move the tail with the, with the aerodynamic load. So that's the Gen 5 stuff. And in that movie, they were showing Gen 5 against the Gen 4, which yeah. was the Hornet, which is actually they can swap ends that quickly. Wow. Yeah, it's quite impressive.
0: It's like a very high-tech rear and bow thruster on a boat. Exactly. (laughs) Just like that. Like boom, it can turn around, and you feel like a king. I'm, I'm going to put that one into my <laughs>
1: repertoire and uh, use that as my
0: explanation next Not time. It just, it just <laughs> spins it so perfectly. It I, does, yeah,
1: yeah, and it's, it is the same because you know a boat normally uses a rudder to steer, and if you've got no velocity, the rudder is useless yeah, to you. Yeah. Instead, you need the thrusters, which actually rotate it with no forward velocity for the rudder.
0: That's what I thought of.
1: So. Yeah, that's uh, that's gone straight into my hip pocket.
0: <laughs> so when you're um when you do uh air shows, I'm assuming you doing a million of them, do you have set, do you, know, do you try new tricks? I mean, are, is there new tricks being developed anymore? Like- yeah, there's still new things being, yeah, they're all
1: starting to get about the same, so they look about the same, but a pilot will try something different here and there. I'm actually pretty, deliberately pretty stagnant in that area. I've, I've got what I consider a good safe show. Safe show. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm at a, I'm at a point in my life where I'm <laughs> continuing to sharpen the tools I have as opposed to buying new tools, <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense.
0: That's a great saying. That yep. is a great saying. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I, you know, it's like I look at wakeboarding and, you know, I thought I was cool and then next minute these other cool kids and then, then you start hanging out with each other and then you all start getting better. Yep. And they're a lot younger than me, and so I give them a lot more credit. And now I look at the kids are doing double back rolls. Now that I saw someone do a triple back roll, like I look at that and think, "What the fuck?" It's got pain written all over it, oh, doesn't it? <laughs> mate, I still my shoulders are fucked still to this day. But you know, progression. Travis Pastrana, progression. Like these these guys, you know, are all pushing the limits, and I think. Air racing is, is the pinnacle. Like, you know, we talk about F, F, in, in cars it's F1. Yep. And you, you talk about the air. It's um, it's the it's the air racing. So I do have some questions from some fans here. Yes, go um, for it. I, I haven't looked at them. These are totally cold. So if we've answered them, um, we wore that wrong. Okay. Any difference between Emma McDonald and his own approach to stunt flying? Um.
1: <coughs> All right. So yeah, Emma works for me. Um, oh, Emma. Yeah, okay. and so she's doing the displays as well. So she'll be up at the Gold Coast in uh, information displaying with me. Um, her approach is probably she's mentored by me, so I would say her approach is very similar to mine, um, which is conservative, I'd say. So um, people look at us and what we do and go, Wow, you're out there, you're like you're you're like right of arc, you're risk taker, adrenaline junkies and, and what I've what I work with and what she now works with is um, Yeah, almost no risk. There's always risk in everything you do, but we wind the risk right back. And if we get adrenaline, it's a knock it off because (laughs) adrenaline means you've lost control of the situation. You're now like, ah, like doing that whole, and if you do that in an aircraft, it's a bad thing. So we don't have any adrenaline and our shows are completely rehearsed with nothing new in them um, for for at least a season and typically set in stone for years at at a time. So it's always the same we go and train the same show and we do the same show. And, uh, and and we were just in America doing a show in borrowed aircraft. We trained the same show in the borrowed aircraft and did the same show.
0: Yeah. A bit worried. Like, you, you know, your craft, it's really good. You get a bit worried when you go and you, someone else is like, oh, are, yeah. they, are they maintaining it? Um, well, it's actually a big deal. because Yeah, they, so no there's shit. Only your life is in like, that car. Your, your yeah, life is exactly.
1: in that plane. And we've actually got to spend a bit of time. You have to know who you're borrowing the plane from, and then yep. you have to spend time yep. looking over the plane <laughs> as well. Because we operate, you know, um, we operate with not a lot of margin, um, and so the way you stay safe is you, you have uh, margin and likelihood. So if your margin is small, um, you have to turn the likelihood to back to zero. Yep. to be risk-free. Yep. So so that's where, you know, if we want to continue to operate with not much margin, which is low level, you know, on the G limits, all that sort of stuff, yep. we have to turn the likelihood of something going wrong to zero. And the way we do that is with our risk mitigation.
0: Yeah, because if you're coming under full load and <laughs> it's not going to come around, you're fucked. Exactly. Once yep. you're committed nose low,
1: if something goes wrong with the plane, there's no... Options and you can't bail out. You haven't got time. All that sort of stuff. So you've just got to know that the plane is always going to do what it's supposed to do every time you commit nose low. You'll be right, virtual though. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I'm still recording it real. (laughs) We need to be doing it in a simulator, (laughs) Um, and uh, then I can actually drink beer while I'm racing. Oh, that'd
0: be a that. That's exactly right. Probably get a bit more creative. Dutch thirteen twenty four. What drives and motivates you?
1: Uh, I would say. uh, trying to be perfect. So, you know, I'm a perfectionist and I never get complacent because um, complacency in our business kills. And if you think you're already perfect, you will get complacent. So, every time I, I do anything, whether it's a corporate talk or whether it's a podcast, whether it's fly my plane, I go in not nervous, but with the objective of making it the best I can. I know it's not going to be perfect, but if I'm every time I fly, every time I do anything, I, I Set forward the the mindset that I want to make this better than the last one. It stopped me being complacent, and uh, and that's the zone. That's the flow. That's that's the that's the clear everything out of your brain and enjoy the moment.
0: Oh, I love that. I'm a moment enjoyer. Hey, Joe has sent a <laughs> official Joe. Mercedes, he's um he's the guy that went. And left. Okay. <laughs> uh, have you ever flown a DA forty two with PH now? No, I haven't. I, I look at
1: them and, uh, you know, there's. you got to have some style <laughs> about you. <laughs>
0: that's so true because if Joe's flown that, it doesn't have style. Sorry, <laughs> Joe. Um, <coughs> Lloyds, ladies, I'm assuming that's a provenance for Adelaide. What's the best reaction from a passenger? Uh,
1: I've had a few times that people want to have my babies. <laughs> <laughs> can can you sign
0: this? <laughs> That's the best. Um, <laughs> do you get motion sickness in anything? Um, That's I, from AG.
1: I do. Um, so when I'm
0: training my other
1: pilots, um, you know, to you know, in, into different levels of flying, whether it's um, displays or racing, I'll sit in the front seat like you do yeah. in the extra. And then because I'm a control freak, with them flying it, I get airsick. So we only can do very short flights when I'm training the other pilots because um, it. Turns me inside out, and I struggle. Uh, wow! Yeah. And it's uh, it's really just that whole like I am, you know, I, I, I'm a natural pilot, and I fly with the plane. So when someone else is doing it, I'm I'm just getting I'm getting shaken up.
0: Wow! Do you get any? Do you, can you go on rides or like cars through the hills? Or uh, if I'm driving
1: uh, rides, I don't like roller coasters. Once again, because I'm a control freak. Sitting on a roller coaster, I'm like. But you know
0: where it's going. Yeah, With I you, know. you
1: got no idea where it's going. Well, normally I do, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow I won't. We'll see what happens, huh?
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, this is um, AG again. He's a watchman. Uh, what's the best wrist rot for a pilot to wear? What an have
1: I, iPad. Yeah, what? I, in fact, I've got to say that the Apple Watch I use a lot at the moment because it's always on time, um, and you can put alarms on it for yeah, changing fuel tanks and everything. Um, but I've I've been sponsored by a few watch companies over time, so I'd say yeah, Breitling's are good as oh, uh, IWC. Know, IWC. I've uh, got one of them as well. The um, the Bremont's are good. The Hamiltons are good. You know, so yeah,
0: quite a few. I, hope there. I covered I, them off. Okay, I, there. I, we know IWC. <laughs> listen, I think that you deserve an IWC Top Gun. Uh, if you don't have one, the camo one, I reckon you should have that came out when Top Gun come out.
1: I'll say my thanks already. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So, oh, um, well, I think we've answered this. Uh, how much of your military f- uh, from, is that Binge Clark? How much of your military flight training carries over into stunt flying?
1: Uh, quite a bit, actually. So, the um, you know, it's a different form of flying, but... Once, once you're good at something, and you see it all the time in in car racing, where people transitioning between um, disciplines, is that once you're Van good Gisberg. at something, uh, yeah, exactly,
0: absolutely. Once
1: you're good at something, it's it's then just a mindset, and the military taught me the mindset of how to how to be focused and prepared, and be able to take something on full force, and uh, so that is the mindset of aviation that I took over into displays and racing and, and aerobatics of. Being able to visually and mentally prepare for something and be ready, so that once I'm in the in the moment, I'm still part of the aircraft, regardless of what it is.
0: What what actually drives you? Like what what actually what gets uh, Matt Hall out of bed? It's actually an interesting one and I've had a chat to a few
1: you know, world champions and successful people over the time and we all and you probably have the same thing. Sometimes you feel like you're a lazy bastard because yep. unless there's something big in your life, you go, well, why am I going to get out of bed? And you actually feel slack because you look at people that get out of bed every day for no reason and you go, I couldn't do it. <laughs> and and you go, maybe I'm just lazy and the only thing that gets me going is the exciting shit. So, um, but I think that's that's... Uh, part be part of being someone who operates at a high level is that you get used to that um, the chase of that perfection of achieving something and recognition for being good at something. And if that's not there, you go, oh, I don't want to do it. So yeah. it, it actually is, and that's why you know athletes have these almighty highs yeah. and almighty lows. Yeah. That, that athletes actually deal with a lot more mental stress than the average person because. They're having these big wins on the stage and then they come off going, oh, I can't be bothered getting out of bed. What's wrong with me? Yeah. Because they got, haven't got that thing driving them. So it's a, it's a hard one to manage for a, for a professional athlete of staying in the game your whole life. Because otherwise, you know, that's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to continue to motivate yourself. So what motivates me, it's you've got to have a big dream. And sometimes you go through phases of life without a dream and you wonder what is the purpose. Yep. But if you have a big dream, don't put a timeline on it, but have a goal that relates to that dream. And that's where the timeline is. And that what, that's what gets you out of bed in the morning.
0: Yeah, like the overarching. Exactly. That that big, I, I, I do that. Yeah. I, I go through times of, yeah, I'm on. And then I'll go, oh, fucking bored. Yep. and um, I'm, When my kids say that to me, I have a, Fucking heart attack. what do you mean you're fucking bored? Like draw, do you know, run around to jump off the cliff, I almost said. Yeah. You know, <laughs> as if you can be bored. Yeah. But But it happens. I, yeah. I get times where like, yeah, everything's happening and then it'll be, okay, that that's done. What do we do next? Yeah. And, and yeah, you have this flat time, you're like Yeah, I think I think that's natural though. It do is. You, like I and I understand I've seen I know quite a few athletes of all various sizes. And when you see the peak performance on TV and, and like the stress of that, then, then it's like you have to, you know, what happens after that? Because yeah. someone going, hey, JP, you're the best, that doesn't last forever. Exactly. And that and that's the um, the the
1: low of coming off a win. Um, I didn't know about it until it happened. And, um, you know, I was, I was very fortunate to have an amazing sports psychologist and um, – it, it caught me by surprise. When I had my first race win, you know, I'd been trying yeah. to win a race. That was the objective and then it was the world championship. But win a race first. I won my first race. That night was the most depressed night I've ever had because I did it and you're like, you're on the stage, champagne, everything, and then you're back in your room on your own going, oh, that's yeah. all it that was? Yeah. That, that's it? Yeah. You and, didn't have any women with it? <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 Boring. <laughs> 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 all right. You end up like, what, what, what's, what's next? What now? And you go, oh, all that for that. And then you're chasing that. and Yeah, and, and you've, you've got it. You've won. And then you're like, oh, what now? So it's, it's having that onwards larger picture that you've got you to keep maturing. What's the onwards larger picture that you, you're aiming at? Because if you hit the target, you go, well, where, where's the next target? And you get bored real quick.
0: Yeah, well, you, you've had like uh, 25 podiums. Like yeah, I heard a few. Did. Yeah, yeah, and at this rate, no one's going to beat that.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I might. It's, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard situation. Being go, like, do you want it to come back or do you just want to finish off as the best?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll always be the best. Yeah. Um, I'm, I've uh, been following this um, human drone racing that they're trying to get yep. going, the Alada or um, whatever it's called, Alada, Alada Group or whatever. Yeah. Um, have you been watching that? I've been uh, been
1: keeping an, an eye on it. Um you know, There's still a bit of technology to go, but they've they've got the the big machines up and running now, and it's um, um, it's probably different to how I would want to fly because I, I'm a bit of a look after yourself sort of guys so if the engine stops you still fly with the wings or rotors whereas these yep. things have got a little yeah. bit of um you know there, there's a there's a bit of risk in that side of things that uh, you know their their come home capability is still being developed how, how do they come home if they have a failure um
0: uh, yeah i they hope the other propellers get you down
1: yeah yeah so there's there's still a little bit of yeah you know, and they may have solved that and you know so I, and I hope they do because well, I mean, it is the I've future. I've actually invested in it. I, I actually, it's a fantastic uh, thing.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm actually, yeah, I've, I've got a small investment in it. I think it's cool. Oh, I think and that's if, very cool. If that could be the next Red Bull in the, in the in the skies, you know, the problem is at the moment I don't think the battery can last long enough. Yeah. And, and imagine that flying in the city. Oh, there's, like, it's going it, to happen. It, it, it's going to happen. I think it will happen. Yeah. It's just but, a matter of how and when and what, and
1: also what. Air what are the, speeder, that's yeah, airspeeder, and what are the, what are the safety uh, regulations that are going to be slapped on them? Well, so that, that,
0: they're working tight with CASA, which yeah. I don't think that would be d- easy to deal with.
1: Yeah, um, well, the funny thing is with with uh, aviation is you, know, you legally have to have you know, 30, at minimum 30 minutes of fuel, sometimes 45 minutes of fuel when you land. Yeah. These planes are taking off with less than that. Yeah, so, absolutely. So how do you make that work in the current rules? So the rules have to
0: be rewritten for it. Because I've run out of batteries in my Tesla and zero is zero. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> zero, pull over, stop. It yep. was literally, oh shit. It, if I was on the highway, I was on Google, I'd oh, know you get another 20 Ks and I was like, oh, i got plenty. Yeah, zero was fucking zero. It was like a phone, <laughs> boom, off. Yeah, and, no, and imagine that in a UAV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty exciting. It said
1: three percent. Yeah,
0: they are. Electric. Yeah, yeah. So if you, are, so you see that as a bit of excitement.
1: I do. Yeah, it's uh, the future development of that is, I think, extremely exciting. yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a ambassador of aviation, I guess. Yeah. And anything aviation related, as as long as it's it's got application, and it's safe. Like, I'm full for it, you know. And so if this can be developed – and racing is a way to develop stuff. Yeah. And so if, yeah, yeah, absolutely, if this absolutely. can develop oh. into something that's a future form of transport or recreation, let's do it.
0: Uh, what about electric planes?
1: Uh, same deal. Electric so planes. So i started
0: to see – they. Uh, Adelaide has the Adelaide Motorsport Festival. Yep. In, I think just before I found March, and they had a big electric section. That's where the air speeder guys had their Gen 4, and they had an electric plane. Yep. Now, I, I, hadn't, I didn't ask any questions. I'm assuming it takes off and lands. Yep, yep. So does that mean it can take off and land whenever it wants, like no noise restriction? Or? Oh, so it still has noise because the propeller is oh. actually
1: what makes most of the noise on an aircraft. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, but... Um, is
0: it, like, how, I, do you know
1: how long they can fly for? I, I did Once again, they're only about the 30 minutes of flight time, so they're a concept of how yep. can we make this work. And and it, it's going to happen, you know, bat- batteries or st- storage devices of power or, you know, Self-generating power, you yeah. know, all that stuff is improving all the time. Um, yeah, but there are planes that are flying around on battery power.
0: Okay. Do you think we will have flying cars?
1: I wouldn't say flying cars, but I'd say we'll have the ability to fly and then go places in our uh, lifetime. It, yeah, I do.
0: I'm excited. I hope so. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm all I'm all on for that. Um, okay, we are going to wrap it up in a minute, but I have some pretty hard-hitting questions that I end with. All right. All right, so just uh, – I've already answered, though, if you weren't doing what you'd be doing. Oh, no, I haven't. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? <laughs> Sleeping. Um. <laughs> so that, That's fair.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I'm an outdoor sort of guy, and I love nat- I love like harnessing nature in the air. Like the air to me is an environment that you can do amazing things with. So, if I wasn't a pilot and doing what I do, I'd be sailing.
0: Wow. Okay, that's cool. I went um I went and a catamaran up the. I did e foiling. Uh, that we just had yeah, the Drake's yeah. conference. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. It's
1: amazing, isn't uh, it? I, so I went it on the Red Bull uh, the the cat on the the foiling. Yeah. Cat.
0: Oh. oh, you went on the. I, it. Mate, that was me standing on a board, like holding on for dear life, yeah. and it's nothing it's so smooth, isn't it? Uh, yeah, as soon as the foil gets out, it's silent. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. Then, the stacks are big, and then boom, straight <laughs> down. Yeah, I got a cut in my leg. Anyway, okay, so it's sailing. Okay, they look mad. Those things.
1: Yeah, they they are mad. Just amazing speed. I, I did Sydney to Hobart last year as well for my first one there, and yeah, that's just crazy. And but uh, it's, um, I enjoy it.
0: Drill Seeker, my mild man did the Sydney Hobart, never again. He, it was in the roughest one ever. He said, I thought I was going to die.
1: I got off it and said, I've done it, never again. And then <laughs> it's kind of like a, I, I related to having a baby, which I've never done <laughs> uh, and I'm never going to because I can't. But from what I understand, never again. And then a month
0: later, it's like, oh, yeah, I can do that again. <clears throat> Fuck that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, what do you wish you'd now? Which your first, oh, so what What do you wish you'd known now? When you first started that you know now? like what, what is it that you can look back to yourself and go, oh, fuck, if I knew I'd done that or if I wish someone had told me that?
1: Um, I'd probably say you don't have to compete with other people. Just compete with yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's such a good – that's yeah. so good. That's so true.
1: Yeah. yeah, I wasted a lot of years in my younger life trying to be – looking at other people, trying to be better than them. And I ended up being better than them, but I should have just focused on being – as good as i can be yeah and the result would be the and same with regular. less and that'd be less stress uh less arsehole because when you're competing against someone arsehole comes out so you go hey that that was awesome and then you go and do your own thing and beat them as opposed to like i'm going to kick your ass and so you end up being a better person and better at what you're doing by competing against yourself
0: yeah, that's such a great way to look at it i like that um I don't like the next question. I get rid of it. So if if this is the hardest hitting one, yeah, I'm. I'm it is. You got to ask it now. I'm do, now intrigued. No, nah, no. Nah. Uh, if there's one thing that you could do that would have an impact on the world, what would it be? That's
1: a shit question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: you know what? <laughs> the end. I'm never answering it again. I, I I've had it. I've asked everyone that, and every time I answer, I'm like, what are they going to say? World peace, stop people from starving, or oh, global warming? That's ah, fucking stupid. All right. This is the last one. This is hard hitting. If you died and came back as a board game, (laughs) what board game would best describe your life? Now, it is hard. So mine was, um, I've said Scrabble. And they go, why do you pick Scrabble? You know, sometimes I say stuff and it's really good. And sometimes I say stuff and it's pretty bad. (laughs) <laughs> so you never know what you're going to get. It's always different. It's always moving. That pretty much explains my life to a T, I reckon. We've had people talk about Yahtzee, Trivial Pursuit. Um, what else have we had? We've had um, snakes, yeah. snakes and Ladders.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, the only one that's really jumping at me is Monopoly because I enjoy the concept of Monopoly that you have to roll the dice. So there's luck involved. You roll the dice every time – but you can still win regardless of what your role if you're smart with how you build the foundation of life and you know you invest in the right things you don't stretch yourself too much initially you know you keep some money in the bank to pay for the bad times and that i think it's a it's a good concept of how to live a life not just how to play a game or invest money it's you know the the concept of building a good foundation and being patient i think is uh, is what monopoly is
0: that's a great answer because there's there's so many ways to live life. It's not one direction, yep. albeit you, as far as we're aware, you only get one shot at it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> not. A, this is not
0: a dress <laughs> rehearsal. Yeah, that's true. And I'm going to ask one more question. Who's your favorite Red Bull athlete other than yourself? <laughs> like, do you have one that you sit there and go, "Oh, that guy's pretty bloody cool," or "That girl is pretty c- bloody cool," or, or you know? Uh, you know, someone that you've met, you might not... You know, you would have taken a fair few athletes up in the plane. Uh, you think, oh, yeah, that person's pretty cool. Uh, I would love to meet Max. Uh, I reckon he comes across like, you know, him winning the World Championship again... Like, oh, well, whether I win out on Saturday or, or Sunday, it doesn't really matter. But if I win out on Saturday, might have a few, we might be out a bit late, so my reaction time for Sunday might be a bit slower. Like, what a ball I Literally said, I'm going to drink and I'll be a bit slower on Sunday. Might give everyone else a chance. Is there, is there an athlete?
1: Yeah, I've met quite a few of them. Um, and they're, they're all an athlete for, the, for a reason, that they're good at what they do and they've got a great you can learn you can learn stuff off every single athlete um, I, I was fortunate enough to be at the red bull summit at formula 1 when uh, we were there as yeah. well um, someone i got to you know meet for the first time and, and actually you know have a few conversations with and i've done uh, so like uh, helped out a little bit with his own charity is mick fanning he um is, uh, such an amazing story about how yeah, he's he's progressed, and I'm not sure he's yeah he's an athlete still. I think yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah. So yeah. Um, so yeah, he's uh, the way he progressed and the longevity of his career, uh, and you know, what he's been through to to be world champion and um, and what he's given back to society is uh, is, is pretty inspirational actually.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for that. And he's also punched a shark.
1: There is that <laughs> cool factor. <laughs> you, know? you think I'm cool because I dodged a missile? He punched a shark. Like holy shit. <laughs>
0: Oh Matt, I thank you for coming on. I, I, you know, I guess our relationship formed from you being in the plane with you, and you were cool enough. You answer, you respond to things on Instagram. You you comment on stuff, and you know, not everyone does that, and uh, it's really cool. We've had this. Um, it's a long, t- it's a love relationship of uh, probably not knowing you much, but bumped into you at the airport of filling your plane up. <laughs> you're filling your own... I okay, go, what the fuck's going on here? You're filling your own plane up. I know. No. I have got to teach her to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was like, you know, you're just such a great guy. And, I, you know, I've learned so much more about you from hearing your stories. And it's just an inspiration. I hope for inspiring others, not only aviation people. I hope you're listening, Joe. But for you know, for anyone just about how to live their life and follow their dreams. So thanks for coming on. Pleasure. Thanks, mate.